This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. And today I got a great friend of mine. We've known each other for a few years. Uh, Rudy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jason. Great to be here with you in the War Room. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, Rudy, tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do and what your superpower is, my friend. Self do superpower. Uh, I'll, what do you say? Uh, be good, be brief and get out. <laughs> <laughs> be good be brief be gone right? yeah be gone there we go so <laughs> so briefly stated uh uh jason the way you and i really related to you and connect with each other is i served 10 years in the united states navy as you served a full yep. career in the army so thank you for your service um four years at annapolis i got my degree in commission went out to be a pilot flew uh, six years as a pilot two deployments i absolutely loved it uh well i should say i love things about it and as jason and i know there's there's a lot of suck inside of all that as well um, but we both, I know Jason and I, we had multiple conversations about this. It really grew our character, right? It didn't grow our wallet so much being in the military, but definitely grew our character. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And, you know, got out in 2014, uh, hired a mentor, you know, paid 25K, went to work with a mentor, um, found my, my, my superpower in helping build, uh, hire and build a player sales teams to scale back end coaching, education, mentorship type programs. And we've accounted for over $30 million in program sales in the last five and a half years. There's a little runway on, on our end. Yeah. Very cool. And, you know, obviously you're an expert in the field. You guys have really cornered that event space, right. With, uh, selling at events and and the holistic type of sales, which, you know, that's kind of what people are looking for nowadays. Um, sell me something, but don't sell me something. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that kind of approach with things. And, but it just leads to being adaptable. Right. I mean, we have to adapt. We adapt to what our audience wants. That's, that's the way it works. So anyway, gl- glad to have you here. And I'd love you to dump some knowledge on sales, hiring the right people, how you connect all that together. Cause I know you got a great process for that. Um, and that's how you've been able to uh, really corner the market because you've always been able to get the best people. So I'm interested in that, how you do that, share that. So some of our business owners know how they can kind of duplicate that. Most definitely, Jason. Happy to share that. And I honestly think it's the most important um, and valuable thing I could share in the time that we have together, more so than any sales tactics or strategies. You know, those are a dime a dozen. But um, there's actually a survey, a research survey that was done by a firm um, led by a gentleman named Jeff Smart uh, from GE Smart and Associates. He and his partner, I think his name was Randy Gage, they went out and they actually interviewed uh, over a hundred uh, senior business leaders, even a handful of them were actually billionaires and the rest were all multimillionaires. And they asked them, um, what do they think are the most important uh, areas of business? And, you know, they surveyed this group and, you know, oftentimes people think it's strategy or they think it's, um, 
the you know risk or what's going on in the market or marketing or sales the reality is that of this group that was surveyed over 50% of them said the number one most important thing in business is not strategy it's not sales it's actually people it's your ability to identify hire train and retain the best people possible right and that absolutely applies to sales um, so that's what we focused on in the, you know, however, seven plus years of business we've been in and it's worked, right? We focus first on building a team of A players and being, building an A player culture. And that doesn't just apply to salespeople. That applies to every single person in your organization as a, as a CEO and business owner. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you guys, I know you guys, you used to use, what was the, what was the process that you guys used to use to hire? What was it called? Yeah, so it's called top grading is the actual process. Yeah, uh, founded by Dr. Brad B. Smart. He was a gentleman that consulted Jack Welsh, the former CEO of GE, the, the most successful and richest CEO of all time. And when they asked Jack Welsh what his secret was, he said it was my ability to interview, hire, uh, and retain a player talent. So the same exact process that was used by a billionaire CEO is the same process that we use um, because we asked ourselves a question early on, if we want to be a billion dollar company, what would a billion dollar company do? Right. So they, inv- we invested in learning this process. Yeah. Yep. If you want to be one, you have to act like one and do the things that one does. Right. hundred <laughs> percent. For sure. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of in that, in that vein of things, what are you seeing the trends, right? When it comes to you know, we got this whole conversation on great resignation and all this stuff. I don't want to get into that, but, but what are you seeing the trends for you and other business owners trying to fill these gaps in, you know, hiring good A players and so on and so forth? Cause you're in the thick of it. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we've hired over 70 sales professionals in the last five years and, uh, you know, definitely in the thick of it. And, uh, and I'm going to answer the question before I do, I want to kind of come back to the top grading as a resource that I recommend. Uh, check out their website if you want to learn more about it. And there's actually a case study on our company on their website. You can check out it's under Wingman Coaching. It's pretty cool. Um, and they, they do like workshops and things of sort that people can, that's what I did. I attended their workshop and that's how I learned the skill and then use their software to implement. Um, so you asked about the trends. Um, I'm going to answer that question indirectly. The first step in the interview process that we learned through top grading, and I know this sounds simple, but it's it's simply said, harder done, right, in execution. And it's taking the time to actually write down what your outcomes are that you want to hire this person for. You know, we don't hire people as CEOs and business owners. We don't hire people based off of their pedigree, at least we shouldn't be. Right. We, we're hiring people because we think they're going to produce certain outcomes within our business, whether that's a sales outcome, a marketing outcome, a fulfillment outcome. But it's taking the time to actually write down what are those success metrics? What are those outcomes? And just as importantly, what are the cultural values within my company that this person has to espouse, not only achieve the outcomes, but within the culture of the company? And being able to document that upfront and being able to communicate that. Uh, to the applicant or to maybe your business network when you're asking for referrals makes a world of difference. If somebody would just pause to do that, their improvement on finding the right people will increase dramatically. I'm not even including the uh, multiple steps in the interview process that I've that I've learned through top grading, but that alone will make the biggest difference. 
So Jason, to come back to the question about the trends and what am I seeing? A couple of things. I'm seeing multiple things. One, uh, to your point about the great resignation and what have you. Yeah. I mean, when it's easier for people to stay at home and do nothing and get paid money, more money than to go to work, you're going to get people going, doing nothing, right? Unfortunately, that is the status of the general economy. That being said, it doesn't have to be your economy. It doesn't have to be your business. A players are still out there. The, the people that produce top player results are out there. But here's the key thing we got to know. They're already employed and they're already making really freaking good money. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you bet. Yeah. You know, the Jasons of the world, they're already out there successful. Now, what we have to do is you have to create an A-player culture and you have to produce an A-player opportunity for them. Um, otherwise, it doesn't matter. Right. It, it's it, you're going to you're going to be if, if you're fishing from the bottom of the barrel of people who are collecting unemployment, uh, you're not going to you're not going to find <laughs> great team members. You you have to have a player culture and, and an a player opportunity and you have to present a challenge. Right. I think, Jason, you and I both raised our hand and we swore, swore to defend the Constitution of the United States of America against enemies, both foreign and domestic. We, we didn't raise our hand because we were going to get a six-figure paycheck. We weren't. We weren't going to get a six-figure paycheck in the U.S. Army or the U.S. Navy. Right. But you and I, sure. and, and I beck her to put this out, that I want to speak for you, but it's because we were raising our hands for a cause that was bigger than ourselves, something that meant more than just me, myself, and I. It was like our country, our constitution, our families, right, our, our history, what we stand for. And that's what A players want. When they come to your business, your team, they want to stand for something that's bigger and better than them. The Yes, you got to pay them well. But it's more important that that they have a, a purpose or a cause to be to get behind in your business. So I went on a bit of a rant there, Jason, but I think that's so important for people on this podcast to hear. Yeah, totally. No, you're you're I, I agree with that hundred percent. And you know, I, I think we all we all want the best all the time, right? We want the best employees we want the best people surrounding us all the time and that's tough sometimes right to do that and you know you can have there's two different processes i look at in hiring you have like your top grade process or hire fast fire fast right one of the two and <clears throat> the difference is is there's more opportunity cost with hire fast fire fast right right because of depending on your business, it could cost you $5,000 just to train somebody, right? That's and now right. you train them and now they're a turd, right? Well, put lipstick on a pig, it's still a freaking pig, right? So um, so there's an opportunity cost to having going through that process versus in, which in certain industries, McDonald's, right? They, they rifle through people like it's going out of style. Why? Because it's high school kids and this and that. Probably not necessarily the place for a top grade. They're not looking for the A player burger flipper. <laughs> right? but, but in a lot of our industries, we are. And that's why it is so important. And, you know, I think you guys have absolutely mastered that process. And, um, just knowing you and and the people that you have that work with you, um, I hate using the word work for me. Um, I agree. I don't think any I don't think anybody works for me. We just we work together as a team, um, and that's that culture that 
folks like you and I create though, right? It's like, oh no, no, no. I I might own the company, but we work together, right? And that's culturing the company to have really good outcomes, right? And uh, for that, I think you guys have done a really great job on that. And, you know, that's why you do have A players. And that's why people stay with you. That's why they, uh, they're paid well. And, you know, although it's not always about the pay, right? But that's a part of it. It's a piece of it. People want to be a part of something that, like you said, something part of something that's bigger. For sure. 100%, 100%, Jason. You highlighted a really important point there, the cost of mishire, right? You said five, yeah. it could be 5,000 bucks to train somebody. Yeah. And, uh, and according to Dr. Brabby Smart, you know, if you mishire someone like a, a sales manager, as an example, it could cost you fifth, up to 15 times their annual pay. So if you're paying them six figures, it costs you $1.5 million between opportunity costs, between what you paid them, between the damage to your brand, between the time it's going to take to hire or recruit another person and train another person. That's expensive. $1.5 million for mishiring a sales manager. Right. And that's why we do what we do as well as we help people avoid that type of expense and the type of cost because we provide, you know, it done for you essentially. It's a we're a sales agency. So they don't they avoid mishiring a sales manager. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And we've all seen that that uh freaking scud missile burn <laughs> for sure. So well, yeah, great. And I think like a, a good takeaway point here for a lot of business owners is something like the top grade system, right? That's right. Um, that's a great uh, tool to use if you're going to hire anybody, right? Not not just your leaders, your that can be used at all different levels, right? doesn't mean you got to be the one to manage it as a CEO, right? You can have your lower level leaders use that software um, or use that process um, to hire people, right? Because obviously we're empowering our leaders under us to make decisions and interview people and hire people and do all those things. So it's a tool, right? 100%. And there's, a, there's something I want to highlight in that system as well, because I mean, your list, listeners can go to the website and like study more about it. But there's a key component to that that oftentimes gets overlooked. And that's what's called the threat of the reference check or the promise of the reference check, letting people know upfront that you're going to check everything, all the information they're giving you. You're going to, when you speak to their prior partners, managers, employers, what would they say? And when you say that up front, they're going to, it's like a truth serum. They're going to be much more truthful, right? Because here's the reality. Most books out there on how to get a job, tell teach people how to exaggerate, sometimes downright lie <laughs> to get a yeah. job, right? So when you can do like a, a, a reference check up front, you let them know, hey, when we speak to this person, what do you think they're going to tell us? They're going to be a lot more honest. But here's the key thing. You got to follow through. You got to do that reference check. You know, how many times have, have we said, hey, we're going to do reference checks, give, give us information and we don't do it you, you got to do it even if you think you already like this person even if you think this person's already a fit got to do the reference checks i recommend at least two up to eight reference checks depending on the level of position that you're hiring for and really make sure that you ask that reference hey um you know what's your best advice on how would this manager here's also the key question would you rehire this person <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. And there's only one correct answer. Hell yes, you are so lucky that they're applying to work for you. If it's anything less than that, 
they're hiding something. <laughs> yeah. They're just trying to be nice. Right. That's absolutely right. And there's been a couple times, um, where I've, I haven't listened to the reference checks and what they said and me thinking, Oh, maybe I can train this person better. Or I can give this person a better opportunity. And both times I was wrong. They, they acted exactly the way the reference check said they would. And it was, a, a, unfortunately, an opportunity cost and training cost. But I, I can't emphasize that enough because I think that's one of the steps that gets overlooked in most hiring processes is the reference check. Yeah, for sure. I Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Well, you know, th- thanks for that. And, you know, looking at, you know, coupling all of those things we just talked about, right? Um, what? what is the struggle that you as a business owner, obviously, like we talked about before we started, you know, we all got bucket loads of them, right. That we've gone through, but what's one that really sticks out in your mind. That's a business struggle you've had and, and how did you overcome it? Gosh, that's, there's so many struggles, right. That we have to go through. You and I both right. have gone through a few together. Um, and here's the thing, like I, I see them all as rites of passage. <laughs> it's like, you got to go through this to get to the next thing. Um, one of the things that's recently been on my mind and I've known about this for years, but it's this idea of concentration risk, right? When I, when I start looking at my business and I start thinking about, okay, if I were to exit this business, what would the value be? And fundamentally it comes down to, you know, what's the concentration risk of the business, AKA what are the single point of failures within the business? Right. I know we learned that in the military, I, you know, me with aircraft, like I, I couldn't fly around with one engine because if that engine failed, I'd be in the water. Right. Really, I couldn't fail that. I had four engines on my plane. I definitely wouldn't fly around with less than two. Right. right. <laughs> and I'm sure you in the in the army, you had your scenarios, you know, where you like, hey, I, 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 I can't get to a single point of failure with this, with a squad, a platoon, a mission, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk through those. Right. So same thing with business. And for me, you know, I look at not only my team, um, thank goodness we have, we have an amazing A-player team that we've retained for, for way longer than industry averages, um, but also our clientele, right? Uh, I've had experiences where I've had single clientele that have accounted for the majority of our revenue, one client, right? Over 50% of the revenue. And it's great while, it's, while it works, but when it doesn't work, it really sucks. I'm sure you've experienced that before. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I think we've all been down that road before. Yeah. And so there's this interesting trade-off of like, how do I deliver the the highest possible quality, but also the best, the fullest possible quantity of service, right? In the capacity of CEO and salesperson of your company. And this is interesting dance because you you can't just have, I mean, you can have one client and you you can make them a raving fan, but at some point, if their needs shift or their business shifts or their industry shifts, and that's all you got, then then you say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. It and could, be thing, goodbye, could be goodbye to all of your revenue. <laughs> exactly. And you, you know, just one of the things I appreciate about you, you and your business model is you really help your clients see their concentration risk and you help them diversify with other, other channels of revenue, as well as other services that they can tap into to increase their revenue. That's one of the things you've talked about early on in our conversations is I appreciate that about you. Yeah. Right. Awesome. It's, it's, you know, the, well, and I, I look at it, look at it from this standpoint is every business has risk and it's our job as the owner to calculate it. Cause we're always going to take risk no matter what, 
if you're, if you're not taking risk, you're not innovating. So you have to take risk, but you can calculate it because there's a difference between stupid <laughs> doing stuff that's stupid and then calculating a risk um, and, and having a risk mitigation plan in place too. Right. And a lot of business owners are really terrible at that um, because they, you know, I'm a, I'm a shoot from the hip guy. I do it all the time. Right. Or at least it appears that way on the outside, but what people don't realize is there was hours of time on that board right there. <laughs> right. First trying to mitigate risk as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a struggle we all go through at some point, you know, and it's whether or not we overcome it and not let it drive our business in the ground. Most definitely. There's a mentor of mine um, who uh, taught me that the risk is one of those things, the, the less you can, the less you perceive it, the more you have, and the more you perceive it, the more you put it on the board, the less likely you are to experience the actual uh, problem. <laughs> Some truth in that. <laughs> yeah. So, so it kind of brings me to the solution to that problem that I've recently discovered. And Jason, I think you can relate to this as well is how to mitigate concentration risk. It's by creating a predictable, scalable uh, client acquisition process, right? So that you're never depending on any one client to feed your family and feed your team, right? Um, serve them all to the best of our abilities, but we got to have more coming in than going out, right? Constantly. So um, I know that one of the things that you've been doing, Jason, you've been helping your clients with as well. And um, yeah, super important for us to always have that machine in place. And that's one of the things we do with some of our clients as well. We build out their sales processes on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a marriage. Um, it's, it's a very delicate marriage. And I, about a month ago, I was on Entrepreneur Magazine's podcast, and the guy asked me, and we were talking about strategy, right? And, you know, you hear all this stuff about sales strategy, marketing strategy, this strategy, that strategy. Well, I, those aren't strategies. The whole strategy is the entire process together, right? You know, is marketing a piece of it? Yes. Is sales a piece of it? Yes. What about onboarding client process? What about, you know, your support processes? What about communication and referral programs and internal drivers and all these things? That's the whole strategy, right? As a Because it's a whole picture. It's not just one thing. And, and I think young business owners don't realize that. They just look at it from a very singular focal point and go, I have to do that, right? And that's the only thing I'm going to concentrate on. Doesn't do any good to get sales if you can't fulfill, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, right? So it's a whole strategy that has to complement one end or from front to back, right? And yeah, it's a struggle. It's a struggle a lot of businesses have. I see it every single day. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, on, on that topic, there's a great book that I, I recently read and had my, my leadership team go through. It's called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. Mm -hmm. um, 
and actually we'll reference some military strategy in there as well. But fundamentally, what I've discovered is that most businesses, what they call strategy is is bad. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Read the book. You'll get what I mean. But uh, having a good strategy is a rare thing. I know that's one of the things that you also are excellent in helping um, business owners with is developing a proper strategy as well. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's a very lightly thrown around term. No doubt. <laughs> no yeah. doubt about that. But anyway, well, well, hey, kind of closing things up here, Rudy. Um, I always like to ask this question. That is, if you could pick someone that could have been here today with us on this call, that you could ask one burning question, who would that be? And what would that question be? Hey, Jason, that's, that's a good question. because I was kind of noodling on that for a minute, thinking about <laughs> it. And I was thinking, about, oh, would, it, would I bring on Tony Robbins or would I bring on you know, some other great, you know, well-known name. And I was actually came to, you know what, I'd bring on my father, my dad, because my dad, um, God bless his soul. Um, he's been working two or more jobs since the age of 16 years old, you know, um, not, not, you know, didn't go to college, you know, just has an insatiable work ethic, hardworking man, and really just focuses on providing for others, adding value to his employers adding value to his family, like very selfless man. And just watching him um, alone taught me work ethic, right? I, I pay attention to what he did, not what he what he said. And the reason I highlight that and having him be here in the room is I think that's the one thing, Jason, that can't be taught is heart, is hunger, is desire. It's 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 our desire from within. We can have all the strategies in the world taught to us, but if somebody doesn't have like the cojones <laughs> to get up. To get up right. every day and to grind and to put it in the work and to get keep getting up when you get knocked down and keep working and keep striving to serve and make a difference for other people. Like um, I'm going to encapsulate in, th in this saying, I think is really valuable. There's a saying that goes, "Good times um, breeds weak people. Weak people breeds bad times. Bad times breeds strong people, and strong people." bring back great times, right? So for every man and woman who's listening to this podcast, who has that desire in their heart, has that work ethic, has that grind, that's what the leaders, the world needs right now. They just need your freaking example of being a freaking leader and doing the freaking work <laughs> every right. single day. That's what your employees need. That's what the marketplace needs for your clients need. They need people who are going to roll up their sleeves and do the freaking work every single day, not sitting at home, collecting unemployment, thinking that someone else is going to take care of them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Carlos I, uh, is uh, the CEO of Blue Bamboo. He said, no one is going to save you. You have to save yourself. And I think that's absolutely true, right? And, you know, we can't walk through life just going, well, I hope the shit works out, <laughs> right? Because yeah. that's, you know, hope's not a course of action. and. I've hope's a great thing. It really is, but it's not a course of action in business. That's for sure. And at the end of the day, God, just treat people like you want to be treated yourself. Right. That's, isn't it so simple? <laughs> simple, but maybe not always easy. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Hey, Rudy, how do people get a hold of you and, to work with your awesome company and your sales folks and so on and so forth. 
Yeah, for sure. If, if you want to learn more about us and what we do, you can go to our website. It's uh, virtualeventsalesteam.com or wingmancoaching.com. It's, it'll forward you to virtualeventsalesteam.com. There you can learn a little bit more of our story, see some of our testimonials. And if you think you're fit to work with us, you can jump on my calendar. We'll have a quick 20-minute conversation and uh, we'll determine the path of action from there. Um, yeah, that, that's how you can reach us, Jason. Awesome. Rudy, thank you, brother. As always, you know, I always appreciate you. Um, you're, you're a good friend. We cannot talk for a year and we just pick up where we left off. <laughs> that's, that's, right. the, that's the military in us, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so thank you, brother, for being here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. And uh, I appreciate you. You're welcome. Help us been valuable for your audience. Absolutely. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in today. And remember this, dream it, believe it, and achieve it. And you can reach the greatness that you want to reach. It's Jason Miller, your podcast host, signing off. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.